Thank you for tuning in to Valley Rise Church. We're so glad you decided to join us today. For more information on sermon series and service times, you can visit us online at valleyrisechurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Well, we're in John 13 today. We've been preaching through the book of John. And I love what we're going to talk about today because we get to see an amazing example. How many of you know Jesus did not come to institute the religion of Christianity? Jesus did not die on the cross and do all that he did so that he could go, okay, finally, Christianity's set up, I'm good. No, Jesus came and died on a cross to set an example of the life you and I could live connected to him. And when we follow that example, when we live that life that Jesus lived, the result is that people call us Christians. The word Christian simply just means little Christ's. What happened was they saw the disciples doing things like Jesus were doing. And so when they saw them, they would go, oh, wait, is that Christ? Oh, no, that's not him. That's a little Christ. And Jesus told the disciples like he told us, my followers, those that come after me, will do greater things than even I have done. So when the world saw people doing these things that reminded them of Jesus, they said, oh, look, there is little Christ's. 85% of Americans say that they're little Christs today. I don't know if that's your experience. It's not mine for sure. 85% of people say that when people see their lives, they go, oh, that's a little Christ. Their life reflects Jesus. Christian has become a term that people wear, but it was never meant to be a religion or a term. It was meant to be a relationship and a life that we live out of the the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. It's what Jesus came and died for. He came to show us we could live a different life empowered by him. And this is where we get to see another great example from Jesus of doing just that. John 13, 1 this morning. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. You know what I love about Jesus? I love that Jesus is a finisher. How many know Jesus is a finisher? He finishes the things he starts. He doesn't start something and stop it halfway. He doesn't get 25% of the way in and feel frustrated and give up on it. No, Jesus is a finisher. I love that Scripture tells us in Philippians 1.6, Philippians 1.6, And I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. How many know that's encouraging? That means if Jesus has started working in your life, he's not going to relent until he gets you where you were created to be. That's a great promise from God. That means if you're in difficult times right now, God's not done with you yet. If life is frustrating right now, if marriage is hard, if the season you're in seems like you don't understand it, that's okay. God's not done yet. And God is a finisher. He always finishes what he starts I'll never forget when I learned this in the middle of me and Alex, two years into marriage, almost getting divorced, being separated for six months, and a friend of ours came over to the house and sat with me, and she began to tell me, I believe God's got plans for y'all's marriage. I don't think this is the end. I'm telling you, God's not finished with y'all yet. And I looked at her and I said, how can you say that? How do you know God's not finished with us yet? And she said something that changed my life. She said, Christian, because God doesn't leave things uncompleted. If it's not good, he's not done yet. 
That's an amazing promise from our God. I'm so grateful that he wasn't done yet. If your situation seems bad right now, hang on. God's not done yet, and he always finishes what he starts. I'm grateful that Jesus is a finisher. He loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Everyone say prompt. I want to build in a, a alarm bell for your brain. How many of you have been driving and you drive and your dashboard lights up and a warning light goes off and you go, now how many know there's some warning lights that you don't need to worry about, you know what I mean? Come on, that low air, low tire, I mean, come on, we'll figure that out later. A little low air ain't a big problem. You know, a little antifreeze off, now it's a little low, ain't that bad of a deal. Then there's some things that you see if you go, oh shoot, I need to pull over. Like, have you ever seen that, that temperature gauge go from cold all the way to hot? And all of a sudden you go, oh shoot, why is that thing all the way on hot? And smoke starts coming out of under your hood. And I want to build in one of those for you this morning. Because we get to see this in Judas, but it happens for all of us. I want you to know today, I give you permission today in your life to stop at the prompt. Okay? To stop at the prompt. What would this story have looked like if when the devil prompted Judas, he just said, you know what, I think I'm not going to do that. What if when the devil came and said, hey, it's time. Now you get to go and do the thing you've been thinking about. What if you just said, you know what? I don't have to follow those leadings. Maturity as a Christian comes when you get the prompts. You just know what's at the end of the road so you don't pick the bad prompt. You go, no, no, I've been down this road 47 times, and every time I went down this road, it ended bad for me. So I just know every time I follow the prompting of my flesh, it's going to take me someplace I don't want to go to. So I can just stop at the prompt. I don't have to follow that. Listen to me. The enemy will prompt you all day long. You'll be in traffic, and someone will pull up and do something to you and frustrate you, and there's going to be a prompt to jump out the car and rip them out the vehicle. And when you're prompted to do that, I just want you to think, when everyone sees you in traffic, ripping them out of the vehicle, will they go, oh, look, there's a little Christ. You don't have to obey the prompts of your flesh. You don't have to obey them. And let me just help you out. The enemy always starts destroying your life in the same way. It always starts with a prompt. What if you just, what if you tried, what if you went, what if you touched, what if you, you've never, doesn't that look good, what if you chased after? All of those things begin with a prompt. I want to build in an alarm bell for you that when the enemy prompts you, you hear in your mind, I can stop at the prompt. I don't have to go down that road and see where it ends. Judas, already prompted by the devil, to betray Jesus. And Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and returned to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash his disciples' feet. I want y'all to just hear what happens here. They say this really fast, but there's such a juxtapose that takes place here. Jesus knew that the Father had already given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. Let me just say this in a different way. Jesus knew that he could do anything he wanted to do however he wanted to do it. Jesus knew he had all of the power and authority of the Godhead at his disposal at any 
anytime he wanted it. Jesus knew he could make people do anything he wanted them to do. And what did Jesus do with all of this divine power, authority, strength, all of it? He takes off his robe, he puts it around his waist, and he gets on the ground, and the creator of the universe begins to wash his disciples' feet. Do you see what he's saying? He's saying with all the authority and all the power and all the leadership, my response is to be a servant. He gets down and begins to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested, you will never, ever wash my feet. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter exclaimed, then wash my hands and my head as well, Lord, and not just my feet. Don't y'all love that Simon's so emotional? Come on. I know y'all aren't emotional like Peter at all. He gets to Peter, Jesus, no, you can't do this. You can't do it. Jesus, I should be washing your feet. Listen, if I don't wash your feet, you're not part of me. All right, then give it all to me, Jesus. I'll take everything. Peter's so emotional, my goodness. I know maybe you never feel like that, emotional like that. Peter says, okay, fine, then wash my hands and my feet as well. And we see something in this interaction between him and Peter that we see a lot with ourselves. Jesus begins to tell Peter, Peter, unless you figure out what's taking place here, you can't go deeper in relationship with me. And let me tell you the piece he was talking about. You know what it takes for you to sit there and let someone wash your feet? It takes vulnerability. And Jesus is going, Peter, unless you are vulnerable with me, unless you allow me to wash you, to cleanse you, to see dirty parts of you that nobody sees, to smell things on you that nobody else smells, to wipe away parts of you that nobody else sees, then you won't ever have a deeper relationship with me, Peter. Let me tell you what it sounds like today. Hey, man, how are you doing? Do you need help? No, no, I'm good. Right, I'm good. We got to figure it out. I'm good. I don't need anybody to wash my feet. Hey, man, I see your marriage is struggling, and I can help you. No, 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 we're good. We're, I, everybody can smell it. No, 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 we're fine. We're fine. You don't need to wash my feet. Hey, man, when, when you said that in the lobby the other day, I heard how that, and that's not you. That's not your heart. That's not who you are. Let, let me help you with it. No, 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 oh, no, I'm good. I'm good. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. I, I, I don't know. I don't let anybody into those parts of my life. That, that's private. You know what Jesus says? Unless you allow him into the vulnerable, dirty, private parts of your life, then you don't really have a relationship with him. True Christianity isn't built on these moments on Sunday. It's built in the intimacy between you and Jesus during the week. When Jesus gets before you and you have to allow him to wash things in you that you don't want him to see. When you have to allow him to wipe parts of you that nobody else gets access to. This is when you get vulnerable with Jesus and go, Jesus, here's who I really am. Wash me. It takes vulnerability to be washed by the Savior, but vulnerability is pivotal for our salvation because it requires us confessing that I can't save me. I can't clean me. I can't heal me. I can't renew me. I can't restore me. And Jesus says, unless you let me have that opportunity, then you're not really a part of me. Have you let Jesus into the vulnerable parts? 
Simon Peter exclaimed, then wash my hands and my head as well, Lord, not just my feet. Jesus replied, a person who is bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. For Jesus knew who would betray him. That is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. Don't you love Jesus still had a little dog in him? Come on. All the way up until the end. And now he's finally with all of them. He's like, everybody's clean except for one. I'm not going to say who. I'm not going to say when. I'm just saying there's one of you that's not right. <laughs> I love that Jesus just drops us in here. You know what the truth is? I wish it was because he had some flesh in him that wanted Judas to know that he knew. That's not why Jesus says this. The reason Jesus says this is because he's setting an example. I want you to follow this. Not all of you, for Jesus knew who would betray him. That is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. Do you know why scripture records that Jesus let us know he knew Judas was going to do what Judas was about to do? Because Jesus wanted you to know he had to get down and wash people's feet who didn't deserve it either. He had to serve people who were going to betray him too. He had to love on people who were rude and mean and a jerk to him. He had to care for people who would betray him and stab him in the back. If Jesus could wash Judas's feet, then we can love the people in our lives as well. Jesus lets us understand in that moment that yes, he knew Judas was going to betray him. Yes, he knew Judas had already done it. Yes, he knew Judas was going to be the reason for a lot of pain he suffered. And yet he still served him like all the other disciples. What a challenge to us that Jesus could serve people who were going to kill him. Jesus could have came and postured himself in any way under the sun that he wanted to. And the way he chose to do it was as a servant. Was as a servant. To come and say, listen, here's the example I'm going to set for you. Serve people. Jesus, like what kind of people? All the people. What about people who are mean to us? Serve them too. What about when they want to kill me? Love them then. What about if they talk bad about me? talk good about them what if they hate me that's okay love them like I love you Jesus sets an example he says I've given you an example to follow I tell you the truth slaves are not greater than their master nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message now that you know these things God will bless you for doing them I want you to hear who blesses, who is the blesser here. Because a lot of times we want to live right and do these rewards, and then when something bad happens, we're like, man, I thought everything would go right because I did what I was supposed to do. Man, I thought this was going to go good for me because I've been going to church. Man, I thought this was going to... You know what he says? Do these things. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. Which means when you get down and you serve the Judases in your life, the reward that you're reaping is not coming from anyone on earth. It's coming from your Father in heaven. That's the reward you're after. That every moment you get down and wash someone's feet who doesn't deserve it, your Father in heaven's going, that looks like me. That's the example I set. That's awesome. I've been there. I know what it feels like. 
I know when they hate you. I know when you still got to serve them. I, I know what that's like. You look like me. You begin to follow in the example that Jesus set for us. This morning as I close, I want to give you three quick ways to serve like Jesus this week. Three ways that you can serve like Jesus this week. Number one, in my day. What does this mean in my day? All day long tomorrow, you are going to have opportunities to serve people around you. There's people you work with. There's people you have in your family. There's people you live next to. You're going to have opportunities to serve people like Jesus served people in your day. Matthew 25, 40 tells us this. And the king will say to you, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. You know what Jesus is saying? As you go throughout your day serving people, you're not really doing it for them or to them. You're doing it for me and to me. When you see someone difficult and you go, man, I guess I'll stop and help them, you're not doing it for them. You're doing it for me. When you see someone who's down and you go and encourage them, you take some time out your day and go, you know what, I know I'm in a rush, but I'm going to just stop for five minutes and encourage him. Hey, how are you doing today? Can I pray for you? What's going on? How can I encourage you? How can I spend time with you? How can I help make your day better? You're not doing it for them or to them. You're doing it for and to Jesus. And one day you'll get to heaven and he'll go, every moment of you serving people I saw and I put aside treasure for you. That time you stopped on the side of the road and nobody saw that and you thought, man, I'm going to be late to this meeting. You may have been late, but you got a reward in heaven. Every time you encourage someone, every time you, because you're not doing it to or for people, you're doing it for Jesus. You can serve in your day. Number two, you can serve in your duty. In your duty. What does it mean to serve in my duty? Colossians 3, 23. Work willingly at whatever you do, as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward, and that the master you are serving is Christ. It was 2010, I was standing in the supply room of, of the pediatric clinic on Air Force Eglin, Air, the Eglin Air Force Base. I was a medic there, and it was my birthday, and I was supposed to drive home to go spend my birthday with Alex and all of our friends who were planning a party for me. My flight chief called me in who hated me. He hated me, really, because I was a Christian. He was just a bitter guy. He calls me in and goes, hey, I want you to know I put you on... Bay orderly this weekend, which means you have to stay at the dorms all weekend and clean all weekend. Okay. Now, he knew and I knew I was supposed to be leaving in about an hour to go home for my birthday. And so I go, well, I, I put in leave to go home. He goes, yeah, well, I canceled it. I go, well, it's like my family has a whole birthday party planned for me. Like, they've been planning this. Sorry, sometimes you got to do these things. I was so frustrated. I was so mad. While I'm standing there, he goes, I know how mad this makes you. Now I'm like, this really is the devil. Maybe I should hit him. Maybe I should fight the devil right now. <laughs> I know how mad this makes you. I know. And then he looks at me and says this. Last year, I heard you had to work on your birthday, and it upset you so bad that I scheduled you a year in advance for this. And I looked at him, and all of a sudden, I heard this voice in my mind. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward, and that the master you are serving is Christ. And I looked at him, and I smiled, and I said, thank you. And he said, 
What do you mean? I said, I don't know what you're protecting me from. Obviously, God wants me here instead of there. He goes, well, why? I said, because who knows what would have happened if I went there and something bad happened to me and now it ruins my career. Thank you for saving me from something terrible happening to me. Oh, I'm going to have a party at the dorm tonight and you're invited. Come on. Hey. <laughs> You know what I realized? He was a jerk, but he wasn't my master. Christ was my master. He was hard to work for, but I wasn't doing it for him. I was doing it for Jesus. Work willingly at whatever you do, as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Work willingly at whatever you do. Mamas, when you're serving them kids, you're not really serving kids. You're serving Jesus. Dads, when you're taking care of everything for your family, you're not really serving them. You're serving Jesus. When you're doing difficult things at work and you're frustrated with your boss, you're not really serving them. You're serving Jesus. And you can do that in your duty every single day. And then lastly, ways to serve like Jesus is in my discipleship. In my discipleship, what is discipleship? Discipleship is the process of reproducing your life in somebody else. This is what Jesus came and died for, discipleship. He was telling you to reproduce your life in somebody. One of the last things Jesus says to us before he goes to heaven is Matthew 28, 18. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is what Jesus says right before he ascends. It's probably going to be what he asks about when he comes back. Hey, what did you do with the last thing I told you? Go make disciples. Let me make it easy for you. Find someone that you can serve by pouring your life back into them. Find a marriage you can help by going, hey, we've been there before. Let me help you get through that. Hey, I remember when I was single and trying to figure this out. Come on, I can help you through that. Hey, we've had to walk through these issues before too. Come on, let's help you through that. It's you reproducing your life in people. You know why? Because that's the example Jesus set. Jesus came and for three years spent day and night with disciples pouring his life out. Here's what it looks like to live. Here's how you act when people treat you this way. Here's what you say when people accuse you. Here's how you respond when people do that. Teaching them. And then says go and reproduce that example in your own life. Which means you and I have an obligation not only to serve Jesus in our day, in our duty, but then to be pouring our lives into others, to be discipling others so that they can walk in the same fullness of life that you're getting to walk in. This is what Jesus died for. Jesus died for life change that affects life change that affects life change that affects life change. But it only happens when we reproduce our life inside of those around us when we serve people who don't deserve it, when we love people and work for the Lord, not because the people deserve it, but because we're serving our King of Kings. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? God, thank you today that truly we get to serve the greatest master that there is. God, that you are the greatest servant King that you came and set an example for us, that our life would not be lived, God, of religion and pious and haughty, but that we would disarm ourselves and we'd be vulnerable and we would allow you to wash us, to cleanse us. We'd allow people to help us and that we would reproduce what you've done in us and others. Jesus, thank you. I pray today that we would have opportunities to serve the world around us. 
Let us be little Christs this week. Let people see us and go, that looks like Jesus, so that we can impact the world around us, I pray. God, thank you that you've come and lived a life that's an example for how we can live when we're connected to the source, when we're plugged into the supernatural strength that comes only from you, God. Forgive us for trying to do it in our own strength at times, striving and trying to wash ourselves, Jesus. Today, we know we can't. It's you who washes us. And that vulnerability is required to be a part of your body. God, I pray today that you would work in us, through us. I pray that you would give us opportunities to serve you this week. Not people, Jesus. We're serving you. There may be people in front of us, but it's you who gets the reward. We love you, we honor you, and we worship you, Jesus. Thank you for your presence and your mercy in our lives. Now, there may be some of you here today that say, Christian, that sounds awesome, but man, I've never started a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've experienced church or religion, but you've never encountered a genuine relationship with the creator of the universe. Not based off if you could perform or be good enough, simply based off his sacrifice on the cross for you and your need for him. If that's you and today you say, Christian, I want to start that journey with Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed, I simply want to pray for you right where you're at. If that's you and you say, Christian, would you count me in that prayer this morning? Would you just slip your hand up right now so I can pray with you? Amen. Amen. You can put your hands down in the valley rise. We pray this all together. You can pray it out loud. You can pray it under your breath. You can pray it in your heart. As long as you mean it is what we ask. Would you repeat after me? Dear Lord Jesus, today I recognize my need for you. Jesus, I believe that you're the son of God. That you came from heaven to earth to live a perfect life. A life I could never live. But you did it so that I wouldn't have to. Thank you, Jesus. And Jesus, I believe you went to the cross to pay for my sin bill so that I wouldn't have to. Thank you, Jesus. I receive your gift. And then, Jesus, I believe on the third day that you rose from the grave to give me new life, hope, and freedom. Today, Jesus, I choose you. I choose to love you. I choose to serve you. I choose to seek you all the days of my life. In Jesus' precious name, and everyone said, amen. Would you have a hand to those who just made the greatest decision of their lives? Amen, 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 amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram using at Valley Rise Church. We hope you enjoy today's message and we'll see you soon.